If you have your Bibles this morning and you want to turn with us, we're going to be in two separate places, but Hezekiah, or Second Kings, the 20th chapter. We're going to talk about Hezekiah, but put your finger over in Matthew, the 27th chapter, and we'll go to about verse 50, 51 there in Matthew. The prophet Isaiah went into the kingdom or went into the palace to talk to the king, Hezekiah, chapter 20. It starts out like this. In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, the son of Amoz, came unto him and said, This is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you're about to die, and you will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And then Hezekiah wept bitterly. Isaiah had not yet gone out of the inner courtyard when the word of the Lord came to him and said, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, that this is the Lord God of your ancestor David, and this is what I have to say to him. I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, and look, I will hear you. On the third day from now, you will go to the Lord's temple, and I'll add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you and this city from the grasp of the king, of Assyria, and I will defend the city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Now, if you look at Hezekiah's prayer here, start in the 20th chapter, a lot of Bible scholars call it a selfish prayer. Because Hezekiah did not go out and turn to the wall and start praying for everybody around him. He didn't pray for his kingdom. He didn't pray for everybody else. He prayed for himself. Now, we see that a lot. But in this day and time, they would have considered Hezekiah selfish. Well, he needs to remember us. He needs to remember me. He needs to be praying for what I've done. Well, if you look back into the 19th chapter, just to give you a little bit of a background history in the Hezekiah. The Bible says in 2 Kings, the 19th chapter, that Hezekiah was a, a king that was righteous like none before him or none after him. The Bible says in 2 Kings that Hezekiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Everything he undertook, everything he did, everything that he carried out, he carried out was pleasing to God. So everything that Hezekiah thought of, did with his hands, marched with his feet, led his people and governed his people and his kingdom by, he did it according to God's will. So Hezekiah was David's ancestor, and he was just like David. He was a man after God's own heart. He had done what 
God wanted him to do. When the, other, when the king of Assyria had sent his men out and said, okay, how can we get these folks? And they did the same thing that is happening in our society today. They said, well, we'll go out and we'll trick them. We'll go out there and we'll tell them in God's name we're going to do this. And in, in, in God's name we're going to do that. And, and don't listen to Hezekiah because God gave the word to us, not him. And so they had fooled a lot of God's people to the point that they were able to stand up before them and say, look, all the gods that have tried to come against our kingdom have failed. Why? We, we've wiped out all, all kind of nationalities, all kind of kingdoms, because they brought their gods and their gods failed. And they looked at the people of Hezekiah and they said, how is your God? Yahweh, how is he going to surpass us when none of the rest of these gods combined could? Then the message came to Hezekiah, and Hezekiah fell down on his knees, and he began to weep bitterly. And, and, and when, he, when he went out, he tore his clothes, and he put on sackcloth and, and ashes, and he got down and he started praying. And when he got up, he dispatched all the leaders and the chief priest to go see Isaiah, he didn't let them go in their priestly garments and their royal attire. He had them strip off and put on sackcloth and go also to go humbly out and seek the guidance that the Lord had told him would come from Isaiah. And what did Hezekiah pray when he prayed there? He said, Lord, yes, they have defeated all these other gods, but they're not really gods. They're made of wood and stone and, and metal that can be burnt and destroyed and broken and, and, and just, just washed away because they were made with man. But, but, when they're coming in battle with your people against you, God, the one true God that is not made by man's hands, but Father, you're the one that made the man. Father, we want you to go out before us and we want you to lead us and we want you to guide us and we want you to be there to protect us in our battle. So when Isaiah got the, the leaders and the priest and he heard the beckoning, he went back to Hezekiah and he said, God has heard your prayer. And God's going to take care of you. The Bible says that in one night, one night, 180,000 men were slain by the sword, by God's sword. And so when they woke up the next day, all there was was dead bodies laying all around. And it was so bad that the king and the general's own sons were so afraid that when they took back over to Assyria to escape this terrible thing that had happened because they'd never seen their people destroyed by God. So when they got back over to their kingdom and they went in to worship their handmade gods, the boys got upset about it and thought, you know, that feller did a whole lot in the middle of the night without waking anybody up and, and he might could do that again right here. And they went into the 
kingdom or the church, whatever you call that false god's home, and slew their own father to make sure he didn't come back. So Hezekiah had favor with God. So when Hezekiah's life had, had been had become threatened with a disease, an illness. Now, now just stop for a minute. Now, most of us have been in the hospital, or a lot of us have, at one point or the other. And you know, it, it always amazes me that the first thing they, you know, people, or they walk in the door, you're going to be all right. You're going to be okay. Well, if you're the one laying in that bed, <laughs> there's times you don't think you're going to be all right or you're going to be okay. Now, I was in there one time, and I, and I was having problems. And, 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 well, in case you can't tell, I'm not made for hospital beds. They're not as long and most of them as wide as I am. And I told him, I said, I, I've got to slide up. I've got to slide up. I just felt like I was falling off the foot of the bed. And, and the young man that was going to help me, you know, I said, he said, where do you want to go? I said, I need to slide up. And he said, to where? You're hanging off both. You know, and, and and it is funny. I mean, you know, now I can look back at it, it is. But at the time, it was miserable. But, you know, if I had been laying there in that bed and a preacher had walked in or a doctor had walked in and went, you're going to die. There ain't a thing we can do about it. That wouldn't have been very funny. Matter of fact, you know, at one point, one of the nurse practitioners told Katie, she said, I'm not going to lie to you. This is serious. It's very dangerous. We don't, know if we, we don't know if we can do it or not. But I never had anybody walk in and just say, that's it. You're gone. But then Hezekiah, knowing that he had prayed to a God that delivered an entire country, knowing that he had prayed to a God that annihilated an entire army in one night, knowing that he had prayed to a God that restored faith and hope and joy in people's lives, knowing he had prayed to a God that had restored riches that had been stolen from God's house. Hezekiah got the news from Isaiah. And, and pay attention to Isaiah. Isaiah went in and said, you're going to die and ain't nothing you can do about it, and then left. He didn't linger around like we would. I want to see how long this takes. He's going to die. I want to make sure I'm here. No, Hezekiah went and turned his face to the wall, and Isaiah left. And Hezekiah began to pray, and he said, the God that I've served, the God that I have witnessed about and shared about and led people to, and I have kept your word in my heart, and began to weep bitterly. And Bible scholars will say this was a selfish prayer. That Isaiah prayed a very, very selfish prayer. The Bible said that the Lord heard Isaiah or Hezekiah's prayer. And as Hezekiah was weeping bitterly before Isaiah could get out the front door, God stopped him and said, I've heard my child pray, and I've heard him weep. 
Go back and tell him, I'm going to restore him. I'm going to go back. You go back and tell him, I'm going to make him whole. You go back and tell him, he's going to live. Fast forward a few thousand, a couple of thousand years. And where you got your finger at, Mark and Matthew, flip it over. A couple of thousand years ahead of this. The temple is built, it's there and sitting in the middle of Jerusalem and, and this was after Christ had made his triumphal entry back into Jerusalem. This is after he had cleared the temple out and, and restored his father's house to a house of prayer. This was after he had been beaten. This is after he had been had the crown of thorns placed on him. This is after he had drugged the cross up the hill and was on the hill of Golgotha, nailed to the cross. But in the temple, there was a curtain that was two foot thick, made out of material. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about material. Katie sews all the time and, and makes stuff for grandkids and all this, and and... I'm, I'm the pack mule at Michael's and Hobby Lobby and all. I get the bundles of the material, and I go up, and I dump it on the counter, and I want a quarter yard of every one of these colors. And then I go back where they're cutting and then come back, and I need a quarter yard of every one of these colors. And those girls there at the counter, they take, and they lay it out, and they measure it off, and they take scissors and make a snip, and then they just run the scissors. They don't cut. They just take the scissors and they push it through and it just rips that material. Well, with a curtain that is two foot wide, you're not going to rip it with those scissors like that. And, you know, I, last night I saw a trailer for, for Wonder Woman on the, on the, on the Facebook. I was, boy, I was tickled to death. Wonder Woman's getting her own movie now. She's not going to be a part. She's going to have her own so, takes that whip out and she flashes that thing and it just hits the ground and the ground cracks open. You can't crack open two foot thick material with a whip. You know, Iron Man can't burn through it in one time, one pass. This stuff is thick. And it was made that way so that the priest could enter into the inner chamber and they would have a rope tied to their legs. So in case they did something wrong, while they were in the inner chamber, the lower priest could pull them out without having to enter into where God's presence was and get killed themselves. But, when Christ was on the cross, in the 27th chapter, in the 51st verse, or 50th verse, we'll start there. But Christ cried out again with a loud voice, and He gave up His spirit. Some of the other disciples say he gave up the ghost. He cried, it is finished. This is it. It's the end. And he died. And when Christ died, starting in verse 51, suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth quaked. And the rocks were split. And the tombs were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, were raised. 
And they came out of the tombs and after the resurrection entered into the holy city and appeared to many. Now, as we look at this, as we look at at that curtain being ripped, what the Bible scholars had told Hezekiah was a selfish prayer because he only prayed for himself and only was concerned about what was going to happen in his life. The day on the cross when Christ died and that curtain ripped from the top to the bottom and it was wide open. It allowed us access to God that we could start ourselves praying selfish prayers for our own needs. We no longer had to be the bearer of of all the burdens of the kingdom or all the burdens of our family. We were only responsible for and we were only accountable for and only had to ask for forgiveness for our sins. Now we can bring family members to, to God. There's nothing wrong with that. But what Hezekiah's prayer was being a selfish prayer in verse 51 when the temple curtain was rent from top to bottom. It gave us the authority and the right to enter in in prayer with God and God alone. And we could bring our burdens to Him. We could bring our cares and our concerns to Him. Have you ever found yourself in the need of, you need to be the one praying for a selfish prayer? Have you been in the need that long in the night when the fever won't break, You're praying just for you and your child. Have you ever been long in the night when you're holding the hand of a loved one and they don't know who you are or why you're there, but you're praying to God for comfort and peace in everything that they do and for you? Have you ever knelt down beside somebody that had track marks running up and down their arms And they're praying to God, asking for deliverance. Or have you ever put your arms around somebody and hugged them up as they were crying and asking God to break the chains of an addiction they couldn't break alone? Have you ever had to pray a selfish prayer? Have you stood by a mother whose baby or child is lying in a hospital bed from a wreck or an accident or something else, and they're just praying that God will bring healing to that body and God will bring comfort to their souls? Or have you stood and held a father as he found out his child was in prison and probably would never be released? And they needed to pray a selfish prayer. They needed to know that God was with them. And they didn't have to worry about praying for the whole kingdom. They could only pray for their self and their need. Well, when the temple, when that curtain was torn, God opened up the, the portals of glory to pour out His love and His mercy so that when we fall down or we raise up a prayer, it rises up and it goes through the gates of glory. And it goes down that golden street. 
And it heads straight for the palace of God. And it goes through the hallways that lead to the holy throne room. And when it gets there, it reaches God's Son. And He looks back and says, Father, there's another one here that's calling on Your name and wants Your deliverance, Your guidance. And in an instant, that quick, God pours it back out and sends the comfort. And He sends the peace and the joy. Sometimes He sends the healing. Sometimes He takes the healing and brings it to Him. But either way, God says, you can pray that selfish prayer and I'll hear it. God says, you can come and you can pray to me. I remember one Wednesday night, we had revival. And this guy had came and he, he spoke about a still small voice. About how the wind had blown, there had been a tremendous storm and how they'd had an earthquake and, and all that. And every time he would look out of the cave and look around, he would see nothing. But laying there on the rock, laying there, he heard a still small voice. And that was the sermon that I heard. Well, when I got back home that night, I thought my salvation was going to be something great. They was going to be fireworks. They were going to have a parade. They were going to rise me up and tote me out through the city and let everybody know. But that didn't happen. As I was laying in that bed on Wednesday night, there was a still, small voice that said, you want to come with me? And as I prayed that night, a very selfish prayer, God, forgive me for what I've done. I have sinned, and I'm a sinner, Lord, and I want your forgiveness. And in an instant and in a moment, it came. No fanfare, no big parade, no anything, except a peace that passed through me that stayed. And for almost 37 years, it stayed. The Lord allows it, and Katie don't kill me for another 37 years. It'll stay. You can pray a selfish prayer, and it be heard. God is not telling you not to pray a selfish prayer. God is telling you that you don't have to worry about Keith's sins, or Michael's sins, or Katie's sins, or Don's sins, or Levi's, or Johnny. You've just got to worry about your own. And when you're willing to bring your own to Him, He'll hear you. I think so many times we as Christians, oh Lord, thank God I'm not like Him. Thank God, Lord, I don't act like she acts. Thank God I don't live like they live. God's not concerned about he, she, or they. God's concerned about you. and God's concerned about this. But you know, every time that we start to, to pray and, and we start to feel good and God starts growing us and playing us, and I'm so thankful for that testimony this morning about how God grows it up. Well, Satan will cut it off. Well, guess what? God will put a new seed in and just it'll keep growing. There's an old, old hymn. It's called, I See the Blood. 
I see a crimson stream that flows the blood. The last verse says, When gloom and sadness whisper, You've sinned, no use to pray. I look away to Jesus, and He tells me to say. And then the chorus is, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the very throne of God are sweeping over me. Today no condemnation abides to turn me away. My soul from His salvation, He's in my heart to stay. This morning I'm wondering if, if, if you need to pray a selfish prayer today. Is there sin in your life that has kept you away from God to the point that you've not accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? You can pray that selfish prayer. Is there a burden in your life that is keeping you bogged down? Is Satan telling you there's nothing you can do about this? There's no hope for you. There's no joy in you. There's nothing that you can do about it. God says, pray that selfish prayer and I'll answer it. This morning, is there a a need in your life that you just got to have help with? God says, pray that selfish prayer and I'll hear it. Is there a, a particular part of your life that you need help with. Maybe your temper just overflows and, and, and runs rampant at times and, and you don't want it to, but it does because you, you don't let God have full control. And maybe you need to pray that selfish prayer this morning. Maybe there is a family member that is burdened because they, they don't remember anymore. God says, Pray. And I'll bring it to you. Maybe there's that family member that needs help with those chains. That have wrapped them so deep and so tight. They can't break them and they can't get away from them. Maybe there's a marriage that Satan is trying to keep separated and shattered and broken. And God's saying, bring it to me. Bring that selfish prayer to me this morning. And I'll hear it. I get selfish a lot of times. And and, and I love my grandchildren. I do. I, 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 oh, my grandbabies. Now, I'm just telling you, don't mess with them. But there's times when I want to be with Katie. Just me and her. And and I want to be selfish. God's the same way. God wants to be with you. He wants to be with me. He wants to be selfish this morning. Because He don't want the world to have you. He don't want the addiction to have you. He don't want the illnesses to have you. He doesn't want the pain and the sorrow and the heartache to have you. He wants you to be with Him and to be happy. 
Now, it does make me happy when I look over and Katie's grinning from ear to ear and she's got a grandkid on each leg, one in each arm, and one climbing over the top. And she's smiling like nobody's business. And God says, you know, I want to be just like that with you. I want to pour my love all over you, up and down both sides, around the middle, and over the top of it. And I just want to fill it up with you up with me. This morning, are you ready to let God have His own way? Are you ready to let God have His own way in your heart and in your life? Are you ready this morning to make things well in your soul by praying that selfish prayer and quit carrying around all those burdens and heartaches and trials and sorrows and give them over to God? Because He's willing to take them. This morning, are you ready to pray a selfish prayer? Because if you are, God's ready to hear it.